Welcome to Weight Loss And, where we delve into the world of weight loss. I'm Jim Hill. And I'm Holly Wyatt. We're both dedicated to helping you lose weight, keep it off, and living your best life while you're doing it. Indeed, we now realize successful weight loss combines the science and art of medicine, knowing what to do and why you will do it. Yes, the and allows us to talk about all the other stuff that makes your journey so much bigger, better, and exciting. Ready for the and factor? Let's dive in. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of Weight Loss And. Holly, this is the time of year for New Year's resolutions. Yes. And we know what the big one is, right? Well, I'm excited about this because this is the questions. These are the questions everybody is answering. My inbox is absolutely full. How much weight should I lose? How fast should I lose it? You know, over what period of time? Does it matter? Um, how do I set these goals when it comes around weight loss? This is the time everybody wants to set the perfect goal. So these are great questions, I think, to ask right now. And, and do we know the answers? No, no, no. We do. We do. We know some. It, it, it never, right? It, uh, sometimes it always depends. That's why I think it's a good question. And that's why it's confusing. It is confusing but out there. these are important topics, and I'm glad we're taking them on. So let's dive right in uh, with how much weight should you lose? How do you know how to set a weight loss goal? Yeah. So I am going to put my medical hat on first because I am an MD and the correct medical answer where we have lots of good data is if you're trying to lose weight, if you can lose between five to 10%, whatever your starting weight is, if you calculate five to 10% weight loss, that is enough weight to have a meaningful medical impact, a good impact on your health in terms of preventing diabetes or treating your high cholesterol or high blood pressure or sleep apnea, uh, preventing some of the, you know, things like diabetes. So five to 10% weight loss is what the doctor in me says is the amount that we should be encouraging people. That's a great goal of five to 10%. But Holly, are people happy with that? No, never. And that's what I tell my colleagues. I'm like, come on guys. There is a really a couple of interesting studies that I want to tell people about briefly. Uh, two very famous obesity researchers, Gary Foster and Tom Wadden and colleagues did a study where they took people entering a weight loss program and they simply asked them, how much weight do you want to lose? What's your dream weight? What's your acceptable weight? So right up front, before they started losing weight, they basically said, how much weight would you be happy with? We actually, you and I worked with these guys to repeat this a few years later but the results were fairly similar. You know, the weight that people wanted to lose, Holly, was much closer to 15 to 20% than to 5 to 10. And it's some even higher, like a dream weight would be like 30, 35%. Yeah. But what people would begin to get excited about is this weight loss of 15 to 20%, not 5 to 10%. 5 to 10% for, for most of these people would be seen as a disappointment. So right. even though medically, we know that's good, what we know in real life is people want more weight loss than that. I know. And, and I think being excited is important. You know, I understand from a medical standpoint that this information is important. You know, if you lose 5%, that has a significant impact on your health. Uh, the more you lose, the better. And I, I want to get that information out. But I also know just from working with lots of people that that is not 
something that excites them. And I do think being excited uh, about a goal is important. It really helps you keep going. It makes you want to do it. It, it, you know, so I do think we need to kind of put the two together and yeah, we can talk about the five to 10%, but what about, you know, a goal that makes you happy? Is it okay to set bigger goals, Holly? I think it is. Once again, I think that's controversial. Some people would say, no, set this five to 10%. You don't want to disappoint people. You know, I'm saying they're already going to be disappointed. We already know five to 10% disappoints people. For me personally, I like to set a really, really big, big goal because it excites me and it gets me energy going toward it. The other thing I wanted to point out, because we have a different episode where we talk about how to measure weight. We talk about body mass index and how, you know how to measure um, body state and all of that. And we talked about body mass index being whether we put you in kind of the overweight category, which makes um, losing weight medically indicated. Um, but interestingly, and I find this really interesting, we don't set a goal based on a BMI. We may use a BMI, a body mass index, which is that height and weight measure to say, yes, you're in this category that you would benefit, you know, that you're at risk and you would benefit for some weight loss. But we don't set a BMI as the goal to get to. People ask me this all the time. Should I be trying to get to a BMI less than 25? Should that be my goal? And we don't really recommend that. That's not how we do it in the medical field right now. Well, in many people, that's really not feasible. So if you're starting out with a BMI of 40 and getting to 25, that's that's virtually impossible for most people. But the good news is you don't have to get to a BMI of 25 to have a really positive impact on your health, but also on how you feel. And that's what you're getting at. If you look at health, yeah, we can say 5 to 10% is good, but that's a tough sell. And what it says is health is certainly one reason people want to lose weight, but there are some other reasons as well. Yeah. It just kind of depends on the person too. I get excited by big goals. Therefore, I want to, you know, think of it that way. But if you're one of those people that likes that small goal type that feels good to you, then I think that's, that's, that's good too. I don't know that we should limit people to say there's one way to set a goal. You have to set a 5% weight loss goal or, you know, you have to set a really larger goal than that. You don't discourage people from setting big goals for weight loss. I don't. Now, there definitely are other people who disagree with me on this for sure. I think that motivation and that energy you need to move forward and 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 is is way more important. Um we have to deal with the idea that what happens if you don't hit that goal? You know, so for some people that might be really discouraging, but for me it's like I set that bar high. I go for it. And man, if I don't quite make it, so what? I've set the bar, you know, and I've set it where I could, where I'm, what I'm going for. And I don't see that as a failure. Some people might see that as a failure. And if you tend to be one of those people, then it, you know, you might decide not to set that big a goal. Um, if you do set bigger goals and, and achieve those goals, um, one of the things I think we want people to realize is that's, more of a behavioral gap. In other words, you've got to change your behavior more to maintain that higher weight loss. Right. So, you know, when we talk about how much weight you want to lose, the more weight you want to lose, the bigger the changes have to be. You know, what you're doing right now in terms of what you're eating and how much you're moving and what you're thinking and everything is produced the body state, the body weight you're at. If you want to lose a little bit of weight, you can make some little bitty changes that would would accomplish that. If you want to lose a lot of weight, you've got a bigger changes over a longer period of time. 
Yeah, people, I think, get confused in thinking you can make some small changes and lose a lot of weight. Uh, I'm a, you know, Holly, I'm a big fan of small changes, but small changes produce small results. And there's a time for that. And if you're someone that needs to lose 5%, this whole small change things can work. But if you want to set bigger goals, 15, 20%, it's going to take big behavior changes. Right. And I think to be aware of that, and here's what I, I tell patients too, if like right now I can't make some big changes, I've got tons of stuff going on in my life. I, I think I can make some small changes, but I can't really change how I'm eating completely. And I can't really get that many minutes of exercise and I can do some small things, then by all means, let's do that. We'll probably get some small weight loss. Then you can go from there. So it's kind of, you got to decide what fits you better, I think. Well, one of the other questions we hear a lot is um, after you set goals, how fast or how slow should you work to produce that weight loss? Oh my gosh. So much out there. So much controversy over that. I mean, how many times have you heard that, oh my gosh, you have to lose it slow. If you lose it slow, you're going to keep it off. And if you lose it fast, you know, you're going to regain it off. Is there any science behind that? Not really. I think when we look at the science, it shows whether you lose it fast or slow, there's not a big difference in terms of the ultimate, how much you keep off at the end. You may regain a little bit more if you've lost a little bit more, but in the end, the end game, I don't think the data shows that there's very much difference. What do you think? Well, I agree. Um, and when I first started in this field, the dogma was, oh, we lose a, a pound a week, losing it very slow. And I've come to believe that it doesn't matter. I think, again, like the goals, it's a personal choice. I do not think there's anything wrong with losing weight quickly. Again, there are some things that are, you know, too radical and unsafe, but I don't think you have to look at slow, steady weight loss. I think it's okay to go and make bigger behavior changes, getting more weight loss, realizing that you're going to have to maintain those changes over time. But I'm, I'm okay with people achieving rapid weight loss. Yeah, I don't think there's any data to say that that, ne that that that's a bad thing. Once again, extremes. There's always extremes that we don't we don't want. But, you know, I don't think there's any strong data to say that you have worse outcomes. I don't know that there's data to say you have better outcomes either. So in that case, when I see data like that, that's, you know, doesn't point to one or the other. Clearly, it's like, well, what works best for you? Let's individualize it. What feels best for you? Whether that be rapid, I want to just do it, get as much off as I can, and then move into weight loss maintenance, or no, I'm better at slow and steady over time. That feels better to me. So there's a theme emerging here, Holly, of there are a lot of choices. There's not one way to do it. So if one, if somebody tells you this is exactly the way you're supposed to lose weight, I think from our reading of the literature and contributing to the literature, that's not true. There are a lot of options. And what we're trying to do is to discuss those options so that you, the listener, can make a reasonable choice that fits for you. Right. People like guidelines, though. And one of the guidelines I, you know, people say, okay, well, give me a guideline, give me something. One of the things that you can play with a little bit and adjust to you, and this is just something that we, we've kind of come up with that just helps people. But once again, I don't think it's written in stone. You don't have to use it as this 1% guideline. We use it in state of slim. And the idea is 1% weight loss per week. 
So Jim, whatever your starting weight is, you can calculate 1%, which is really easy to do. I like it because that's easy too. Whatever your weight is. So if you weigh 200 pounds and you want to lose weight, that would be two pounds a a week. Yeah. So you put a decimal between the first and the second number because I mean, percentages, some people that did that, this is, you know, this is we're we're scientists and we think in numbers, but a lot of people may, people may not think in numbers. So decimal between the first and the second number of your weight. So 150, 1.5, 160, 1.6 pounds. And and that's a general guideline. So if your goal is 1.6 and you get 1.5 or 1.7, that's okay. That's a general guideline. General guidelines. So 250 pounds, 2.5 pounds per week. You know, like I said, 170 pounds, 1.7 pounds per week. That gives you a, an aggressive goal. I would say that's aggressive. It's not small, but it's obtainable for some people. So it's kind of a little bit aggressive. You could back off on it. And it also then gives you, okay, how fast every single week. So I kind of like that people like to have a number and then you can kind of play with that. So it kind of gives you both how much, how fast. I also like it because it takes into account your starting weight. So Jim, someone who weighs like 250 pounds and wants to lose weight, is that the same as someone who weighs 150 pounds and wants to lose some weight? You know, the potential is for greater weight loss, the more you weigh. Yeah. And you can lose more each week. And so that's what I kind of like to think about it in terms of this 1% because larger weights, more weight loss each week. And as you lose weight, that number decreases. So you lose 50 pounds, you're now to 200. Now you're to two pounds per week. And we found in State of Slim that that's a doable for many people. Not everybody, but many people can do this 1%. It's doable. I will say it's, I always call, I always say it's aggressive. So if you, you can back off of it a little bit, it doesn't mean if you don't hit that, you're not successful. It's just kind of a place to start and then back off a little bit if you don't want to be as aggressive or you could even push it a little bit, but that's where we start. And I found that to be helpful for some people just to kind of get a number in their head. What I do want to talk about though, Jim, is can you lose 15 pounds in one week? No. Like like that. You know, what's what's unrealistic? That's unrealistic. Now, a lot of times when you first go on especially an extreme diet, a lot of the weight you lose is water, right? And yes. that's that's temporary cuz that isn't going to last. So there are extremes that you want to avoid and so 15 pounds in one week, nobody can do that. You can do that if you didn't eat all week. Yeah. I mean, they, like you said, the, the exception may be when you first start it and you're going to lose a bunch of water. If you lose, I always say, if you lose like 10 pounds in a week, you've had a lot of water that you're losing. And when you first go on a diet, what happens is you reduce your calorie intake, you burn the glycogen that's in your muscle, in your liver, that your body is stored. And when you burn that glycogen for fuel, water is with that water comes out with that. So you get this big diuresis or big flux of water out that will stop after a week or two. So the first couple of weeks. Which is again, why over and over we've said, don't pay a lot of attention to a single weight. Look at trends over time because weights can vary a little bit. And that variation is due oftentimes to water, which is not what you, you know, you're, you're looking at in terms of long-term results. Right. So like the 1% rule is kind of like after you've lost that first couple of weeks where you get the big flex. And I think that brings us to a lot of people want that to continue. They think, oh, I lost, you know. But it isn't, right? You can't lose weight forever. 
you can't lose weight forever. And the beginning is going to be more rapid because of the water. And then you're going to kind of start to lose fat. The 1% rule sort of takes that into account, right? Because as you lose weight, your goal is lower because it's 1% of a lower number. Yeah. And I always say at the beginning, like week one and week two, you're going to hit, you may hit more than 1%, but that's that water. So you kind of then see that over time coming out to 1%. And the other thing that relates, we've talked about uh, setting goals, um, lower high, we're talking about rapidity, fast or slow. Let's take on this issue of how long should you give yourself to reach a weight loss goal? I think we've talked about this in some other episodes. I know we'll talk about it again, because this is one thing that I think we are consistent. You can't lose weight forever. So I do like if you're going to set a weight loss goal, you're going to set it for a finite period of time, which means a certain number of months. You're not going to think you're going to be in weight loss for two years. I like to say, let's set six months, three to six months, six months being about the max and then see how it's going and then move into weight loss maintenance. So you can kind of calculate if I was in weight loss for six months max, how much weight could I lose if you wanted to use the 1% rule or estimate that. But the key with that is I'm not saying you can't lose more. You then weight loss maintenance for some period of time, and then you can go into weight loss again. So you can set a big goal, but you may need to think about in chunks. I'm going to lose this amount in my first chunk of weight loss. I'm going to maintain it and lose this amount in my second chunk. Yeah, we've seen people be successful with that, sort of like a stepping stone approach. Go six months, hit your goal, show that you can maintain it for a while. You get comfortable with those behavior changes. And you may feel like at that point, boy, I've done all the behavior changes I can. I can't really eat different or I can't exercise more. Well, you probably have your answer. You can maintain there. But if you feel like, you know what, I could make some additional changes, then you can go and set additional weight loss goals. Yeah. So that that's an important thing to say this goal may need to be broken down into chunks or sections. That's something you and I talk about a lot. You, most people didn't gain their extra weight in six months or a year. And you have to take a long-term approach. Doesn't mean you can't get some rapid success, but over time, if you see weight loss as a, I'm going to give it everything for a year and then I'm I'm not going to worry about it anymore. That's not what works. This is a permanent kind of change. And so you need to take a long-term approach at how you're going to achieve over periods of years, a weight that you're comfortable with, but a weight that you can maintain. Yeah. So. I totally agree with that. And, but you can set a big goal. There's something about setting a big goal that excites people. If you want to set a big goal, I encourage people to do that because I don't like people feel like, oh, I have to settle. No, what? You know what? You don't have to settle. Yeah. It may take you a while to get there, but set a goal that really gets you excited. And that that goes to our next question. How do you monitor this over time? So now we've said you can set a big goal. You can do it, you know, quickly or slowly or whatever. You can do it in chunks, all that kind of stuff. But then how do you monitor? Do you weigh yourself really basically? The big question is, should I get on the scale? You know, what um, we've studied for many years, as you know, people who are successful long-term. And one of the things that we find is they do. They get on the scale uh, on a regular basis. Probably the most typical is they weigh themselves once a day. Some people weigh themselves twice a week. Some people even more. I don't know that we have a a definite, here's how often you should weigh yourself. 
But when we talk to these people, they say, how am I going to know how I'm doing unless I get on the scale and see how I'm doing? When you do it, it's important to do it the same way. I weigh myself every morning when I get out of bed, uh, you know, compare long term that same way of weighing yourself. But I, my strong advice is weigh yourself periodically and look at the trends. And if you're keeping weight off, it's an early warning system. If your scale goes up a few pounds and everybody sort of, they'll figure out the range of variability over time. But if it goes above a certain level, you want to take action. So I think the scale is the first way you measure your success. Yeah, I agree with people weighing themselves. It's one of the things that I encourage, but there is a lot of baggage and emotional tied, you know, emotional stuff tied to the scale. So I understand why people, some people say, no, you know, if I get on the scale at the beginning of the day, it just sends my, you know, and it hasn't gone down, then it just impacts how I feel. So you, we've got to take the power away from the scale. You know, I always say, I think of it like a blood glucose, someone who has diabetes, hard to manage your blood sugar. Uh, if you have diabetes, if you don't check your blood sugar and know what's going on. And now with, for diabetes, we even have continuous glucose monitoring where we're monitoring it, you know, continuously to get the best control weight. I think we don't need to monitor it as continuously, but we do need to monitor it in the same way as it's data. So I'm really trying to get people to think about getting on the scale every morning as a data point. It's nothing, it's not associated with who you are. It's not even associated with how you're doing at that moment because that weight fluctuates. But we need some data to be able to understand you and what's working, what's not working. We definitely need it in weight loss maintenance to know if you're starting to gain and to intervene before. But I think it's even helpful in weight loss. But we've got to learn to kind of separate it from who we are. It's a tool. It's simply one of several tools that you might want to use. And again, with weight loss, one data point, one weight is not as important as the trend. When we follow people in their weight loss, it's not a straight line. You don't lose the same every day. What you want to see is generally a pattern where your weight goes down. One day it may go up, another day it goes down, but over time, the trend should be down. Yeah. The other thing I see is it's hard at the beginning for some people to get on the scale, but the more you do it, it's uncomfortable, right? It's uncomfortable at the beginning, but the more you do it, the easier it gets. So sometimes it's about just getting on and every single morning and writing it down and just getting used to that. And when people go through some of, of my programs and they've done that for a while, then they're like, okay, yeah, it's not a big deal. I understand it now and I do that, which leads me to say, I don't just have people monitor their weight. What else? What else can people look at here? Oh. I love the ribbon around the waist, getting that waist circumference. There isn't uh, as much stigma around that and it's a piece of ribbon and I can keep that and check it over time to see it getting smaller and smaller. So using a ribbon to measure waist circumference, cutting it and then checking it over time. I love clothes like, okay, let me, let me find a piece of clothing, put it on. How does it feel? Um, that can be important. Um, I love just pictures. I know people don't like to take pictures, but for me personally, I love to take a picture because I like to see that change. So the scale is not the only thing that changes. And I think it's important to measure the scale weight and 
other things? Because sometimes the scale may not be moving, but if your waist circumference is going down, if you're feeling better, if you like how you feel in your clothing, you can you can use that for motivation, even if the scale isn't showing what I've you would like. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, I haven't lost that much weight, but my clothes fit better. I feel better about it. So I say when you start, you know, take several measures, use the scale. I think it's going to be helpful, but also clothing, waist circumference with a ribbon, how am I feeling, pictures, even some body state things like, you know, can I reach down and touch my toes or how does it feel to walk up some stairs, things like that, that you can use in addition to monitor changes. There may be some, some positive changes that are going on that aren't at least immediately reflected in the scale. There may be some changes in body composition and so forth that you'll see in the scale eventually, but this may give you a little bit more positive feedback until the scale starts showing. And one more thing. This is the other thing. This is my one of my other little tips and tricks that I like to help people. You know, part of the problem is day to day, you've got that fluctuation on the weight and it can be very discouraging to, to one day it be up two pounds and you don't know why. So I don't necessarily look at a day to day. I weigh every single day. But what I have my patients do is average out the week. So take the seven days, average it and get a weight, and then look for the lowest weight that week and write that down. So follow the average from week to week. Is that going down? It kind of gets rid of that up and down nature of it. It smooths it out. Is the average going down? And am I hitting a new low weight each week? And that can be a little bit more, um, You can, those changes and, and, and can be helpful. So you're not just looking at a day-to-day change. You're looking at a weekly kind of change. Wow. Lots of good stuff, Ollie. Uh, Weight loss goals, rapidity, measuring your success. So, you know, we always have a part of our podcast where we ask each other some personal questions. So what's your strategy if you want to lose weight? If I want to lose weight, I set the bar high. I'm a big, go big, set the bar high, do all I can. Once again, that's probably, you probably know that's my personality. I love to use pictures. So I take pictures and clothing. Uh, I weigh myself every day because that's important for, for weight loss maintenance. And once again, looking at the average and stuff over time, but I love pictures. I love clothing. And one of the key things that I think is important for everybody to start thinking about this time of year is enjoy the process of weight loss. In other words, don't wait till you hit your goals to celebrate or to feel like that's success. I'm really learning. This is hard for me because I'm a goal-oriented person. And it's like, I'm just going to celebrate when I get to check the box that I did the goal. But I think it's more and more important for me to say, I get to celebrate and enjoy the process of moving toward my goal just as much as hitting my goal. I want both. I want to check the box of hitting my goal, but I want to enjoy the process of going there, getting there just as much. And so I really, really work on that piece of it. So often you hear that, oh my gosh, weight loss, it's awful. You just have to hold your breath. It's going to be terrible. I think we've found for a lot of people, the process can be enjoyable. Not that it's terribly easy. Yes, you have to make some behavior changes, but it's not something that is it's that aversive if you do it right. Totally agree. I think that is a, a kind of tip, strategy, a trick, or whatever people want to call it, is to, you know, so many of us, say, okay, I'm a goal oriented and I'm just going to dig my fingers in and I'm not going to, you know, I'm just going to not celebrate anything until I succeed. 
But man, man, I think really being able to enjoy the processes really makes it so much easier and I think more effective. Cool. Let's get the pie on the plate, the take-home messages. What do you think? What, what's the thing you want them to take away? In terms of weight loss goals, there is no question that 5 to 10% weight loss can help metabolic health. And we're actually going to, in a future episode, we're going to dive deep. But for most people, that isn't what gets them excited. And it's okay to have higher goals. People get excited when they reach 15, 20%. It's okay because we see a lot of people reach those goals. Yeah, people can reach that goal. And let's not take away that from them. I just don't like, I don't like the philosophy of let's t- let's not allow them to set a goal that means something to it them. It allows people to get excited. Get excited about going on a weight loss journey. Fun with it. Get excited. Yes. The 1% rule is something people might want to look at. Lose 1% of your starting weight each week. Doesn't have to do that, but that's something some people might find uh, helpful. Dial it up, dial it down, but it gives you a, a number to start with, and you could you could back off a little bit if you wanted to. Fast or slow, you know what? It's your choice. It's up to you. You can do it fast, you can do it slow. Decide what's right for you. And then maybe the best one is enjoy the journey. Yeah. I wish I had understood that earlier in my life, but now I just see this over and over again. It doesn't have to be hard. I mean, I know we say it's hard. I don't even think it has to be hard, but it definitely you can enjoy it. And that to me is the key to long-term success. Wow, lots of good stuff in this episode. So thank you all for joining us. We're going to follow up on many of these issues, and we're looking forward to seeing you on the next episode of Weight Loss And. Love y'all. Bye. And that's a wrap for today's episode of Weight Loss And. We hope you enjoy diving into the world of weight loss with us. If you want to stay connected and continue exploring the ands of weight loss, be sure to follow our podcast on your favorite platform. We'd also love to hear from you. Share your thoughts, questions, or topic suggestions by reaching out at weightlossand.com. Your feedback helps us tailor future episodes to your needs. And remember, the journey doesn't end here. Keep applying the knowledge and strategies you've learned and embrace the power of the and in your own weight loss journey.